you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 188 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. Terrific, terrific. Thanks for that. Uh, the one-man house band, Dick Banks, I believe, put that together. Or perhaps it was cobbled together from thousands of, upon thousands of members of the Czech Republic, rank amateurs, Hank amateurs, and beyond chanting for their favorite podcast. Either way, welcome to the show. Week two of the NFL season now in the books. Actually, we're coming at you. On Monday afternoon, the game, the Monday night game between the Bengals and Steelers is about to kick off. Hence, we can't really talk about that one. However, we can cover the other 15 games. Let's do it now. I mentioned them a second ago. You know them from NFL Fantasy Live, NFL.com, so on and so forth. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. And Black Tie, hit my new music. We don't have any new music? Uh, no, it's probably what, the Bears what? fight song. That's I was going to say, when, like, they're 2-0 now. He loves what? his drop so much, I would have thought... Since- I would have thought he would have gone out and made some sort of like arrangement to have like I'm going to go get Bear down, Chicago Bears, I'm going to get the Super Bowls, anything. What about this? You know, since you decided to embrace the Chicago Bears as your yes. new football team, all right, it's a little forced, but... They haven't lost. It's you know what and you people, do the math, America. You know I don't know what to say about it. A couple of guys on Twitter, Jimmer, I know who's a big fan of the show. He tweeted he tweeted that to me on a Sunday. Next up, let's say hello to a man whose team is also undefeated, and it raises an interesting philosophical question, which I will ask him currently. Let's say hello to him all the way from England. It's handsome Hank. 
Hello, handsome and muzzle tough to your team at two and zero, the Dolphins. Thank you, Dave. It's very exciting mm-hmm. to be a Dolphins fan at this time. All right, is here's that an English accent that I heard. Yes, it is. Yes, Terrence. it is. Terrence. That we yeah. that we have. Um, and then uh, finally, here in Studio sixty six, returning for the first time since he became wildly successful and popular in the uh, in the podcasting world. He started out with his little pal Mark Sessler. What six, eight, ten months ago, we brought him in here from around the league. Now they have their own podcast. It's flourishing, positively flourishing. It's Dan Hanzus. How are we, fella? Your team is one and one. The New York. Did you Jets. know I made more plays than Tyler Perry? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's Deion Sanders. That's the swag uh, Dan Hanzus walks around now with. He's like Deion now. He just wow. thinks he's the man. It just, yeah, he it is. seems. What's well, he really like, Hanzus? What, empty. What's Prime really like? <laughs> I don't think – if he looked at me, he would see literally right through me. Like Warren Sapp, when he comes by, he comes rolling into the newsroom. Sometimes I feel like he's actually going to step over me to go sit down to eat his lunch. We're talking about an NFL quarterback. Boy, look at Black Tie. <laughs> drops galore. Boy, he's a but fast Just name a player. It All is, right. It's great to be back, though. Thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. And Muzzletov on the uh, success again. Look on iTunes for the Around the League podcast. Rosendahl Sessler and our new pal, Chris Wessling, uh, all doing gangbusters work there all right now you can watch all the game i hate the shilling at the top of the show it takes us 10 minutes to get into <laughs> Let's actual just not do it this week football talk. i want to mention it black tie help me do it though go to nfl.com to get the to get i uh, tell me all the names i get confused i'm sorry <laughs> i get confused Game Rewind. Game Rewind. That's every game, not, game ju- not just for 2013, but a lot of great games from the past. You find them, and you get a 10% discount if you use the promo code DDFP. And you can watch that Niners Seahawks game without the rain delay. You could just blow right well, through Well, you know what? HD. That's a great place. That would be a great place to start. Um, but that was a lousy game. I want to talk about this Dolphins issue first with Handsome Hank. Oh, and it's going to be addressed on the Sheck Report, which you can find at NFL.com. A lot of confusion. It's not the shame report anymore. It's now the Sheck Report. I got untold number of, of, <laughs> of tweets saying, where's the shame report? Was it canceled? No, it just has a new name, but it's the same thing otherwise. Here's the question, though, Handsome. Are the Dolphins too good? What I mean by that is, yeah, 2-0 and is nice. What if they go 16-0? What if they run the table? Then what about the 72 Dolphins? How do they, how do they make sense <laughs> of that? How can they, how, they, will they be able to pop their champagne? What will Mercury Morris do? Well, during my one-on-one with Don Shula last week, I was mm-hmm. actually able to Whoa. ask him exactly this question. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what they'll do. I think they'll be thrilled for the, uh, for the 2013 Miami Dolphins, and they will all pop champagne together. Well, that is not, not a, true. Mercury that's not a Morris, satisfying answer, first of all. Mercury and Morris would literally walk into the Atlantic Ocean and just disappear. He'd be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he cares about. That's all he has left. That's all left. he's got left, exactly. <laughs> he's become that high school guy that just like had that right. one great thing, and it's all everybody ever remembers from him. Well, I did tell you, Handsome, and I told uh, the listener as well that the Dolphins were going to win that game. You and they did, did, and I, congratulations for you on predicting it. I did not. I chose the Colts to win that game. That said, I'm going to go and tell you right now, the Atlanta Falcons are coming to Miami this, this weekend. Definitely going to be a sold-out Sun Life Stadium. Definitely? Uh, well, okay, I want, that's not a prediction I'm willing to back up with any, anything, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I do believe they'll beat the Atlanta Falcons in do Miami you really? this weekend. Boy. Um, Big loss for the Falcons, by the way. Coy Beerman's out for the year. Already a team with suspect pass rush. 
uh, now it's even worse. Wow, yep. that's my uh, that's my Super Bowl team preseason, and uh, yeah, I'm having a Good hard boy. time staying with them because they're not rugged. That's the thing. It's hard that that I I still question until they prove it. Of course, that they have the spine to get it done, and I'm and, I'm, uh, and like I say, I'm questioning that pick. All right, let's bounce around. A lot of big storylines going on. The 49ers. Oh, but real quick on the Dolphins, I just wanted to say when they wear those whites on the road, mm-hmm. they're all whites now. They really do look like an especially fancy version of a stormtrooper, don't they? They do. Oh, You're right. Gosh, yeah. It's kind of like a like a stormtrooper on a cruise ship. <laughs> if stormtroopers went on cruises, should um, be weird. It was like the one casual stormtrooping. <laughs> what was the worst sight before we dig into the Seahawks game? What was the worst sight? The KC Chiefs all red getups rank. You know, I got uh, some I was, people didn't like those. I didn't. They weren't as uh, I. If you told me that was going to happen in my mind, I would think they'd be nauseating. But not good. When I saw, once I saw them, they what That's they looked like. They looked like the Iowa State Cyclones. Is exactly what yeah. they looked like. That was the unfortunate thing. I uh, I said at my at first blush that I didn't care for them, and then Warren Sapp immediately told me that I was wrong. Oh, and I had to change my mind. Yeah, better you better you swallow your words at that like, point. Yep, than you're absolutely right, Warren. Mr. Yes, Sapp. I was I was wrong. <laughs> or was it the Tennessee Titans wearing the powder oh. blue, which I assume they did as a tip of the hat to to longtime pro football fans in Houston Texans Texas because of course the Oilers wore that powder blue to uh to to you know great success but not, the, not the all powder blue if they would have worn no, they silver never did pants that, Remember the the very early Oilers, I believe, mm, had they silver did. pants. They had silver hats, too. Yeah, they yeah. used to have silver hats in the AFL days. But then they moved to the white hats and white pants. But the, then their home uniform they would often wear was they would wear the powder blue pants with the white jersey, white oh, hat, yeah. just like their, their uh, in-state rivals, the Cowboys, would do. The mm. home white. This is an epidemic, too, by the way. That's another. Well, we'll talk about the, another epidemic that I've foreseen um, coming for some time now. But, all right, the Seahawks. And the 49ers. Handsome Hank, what's your take on this? This is supposed to be a rivalry game, and it's been anything but. The Seahawks have smoked them two in a row. Right, yeah. Speaking of uniforms, maybe it has something (laughs) to do with. Here's a theory. Let me lay this on you. I haven't fully figured it out yet, but the the 49ers look like Superman, right? Even when they lose games, they look formidable. They can mm-hmm. they can ch- they can handle just about any situation, and more often than not, they are superhuman. Like I say, Superman. Coincidence or not, the one team that has their number that makes them look weak, pathetic, and mortal is the team that has kryptonite green in their uniform. Hmm. How say you, handsome Hank? <laughs> I'm not going to. Is it that or something else that is making the I, Seahawks? I'm going to. I'm going to go for something else. Um, I, yeah. I would actually lean on rank a little bit. Is there any way to extend the analogy to work Doomsday into this? Is there any tie-in <laughs> with the Seahawks and Doomsday? Oh, yeah. the Legion of Boom. Oh, Legion of Doom. Lex Luthor. The whole thing. Oh, now man. it's starting to come together. Yeah, it really is. Rank, what do you make of this? You're someone who has said, you've been saying it since December-ish, I guess, after mm-hmm. the Seahawks pasted the Niners. This is, I mean, last December, the Niners, it seemed, could do no wrong. They right. were over the hump. What an, what, what an ingenious and bold stroke it was of Jim Harbaugh to put Colin Kaepernick in there over the incumbent Alex Smith, mm-hmm. and nothing was getting in their way. Then all of a sudden, the Seahawks just shamed them. Crushed them. And, and then now they've just done it again. 
Yeah. It, it's what's, really the, what's the math on this? Well, the thing, if uh, if Seattle has Oregon State next week in Corvallis, I would be leaning towards Oregon State because that's Pete Carroll's kind of M.O. is that he wins those big games, especially early in the season. And I remember a lot of times when they would play these SEC teams, they would play Auburn. I know they played Arkansas a couple of times. They were on the road at Virginia. And they would have these big games, and they would just come out and just clock teams. And you'd be like, this is such a great team. And then for whatever reason, at some point they would lose their focus, often against Jim Harbaugh's Stanford club or Mike Riley's Oregon State team, and then just kind of stumble along the way. And I don't know if I'm in. I'm kind of anticipating that from the Seahawks. And at some point at the end of the year, I feel that Jim Harbaugh is going to get his team back ready to go and be the better team. Well, but over, but December, over, but over the last couple of times, I mean, you have to give Seattle credit. This surprised me. I thought I did. Th- but going into this game, I thought San Francisco would have an answer for them. They I clearly did not. They would do something, to, especially with the defensive players out for Seattle. No matter. Hanzoos, what gives here? Is Ka- uh, are, are you concerned about Kaepernick after what we've seen? Or is this just, like I say, a Seattle defense that happens to have his and the team's number? I don't, I don't know if it is you know, a situation where the 49ers can never beat Seattle. But I think uh, my colleague Wes made a good point when he said that maybe Seattle's at the point now where they can't lose at home. They're like that 86 Celtics type of team hmm. where if you go and play at Quest Field or CenturyLink, whatever it's called, uh, you're not going to win. So to that point, the Niners better win that division. And they, they better take care of business in December at home and get the 12 wins to beat 11 or whatever it takes because I think if the playoffs go through Seattle, I think this is the year that Seattle goes to the Super Bowl because of it. And quietly, Russell Wilson didn't have much of a game himself, but of course, it, uh, no matter there. Well, but, I, but the one thing I think, and I mean, while everyone's been playing kiss butt with, with Colin Kaepernick during this offseason, the one thing I've been saying, and I'll stand by still, is I haven't seen him do anything when, when things turn bad. I don't know if he's the type of leader that people gravitate towards and, and are reassured that he's going to turn the game around. Hmm. And I think Bowl, Russell Wilson though. has – he did, but it was but it was more of an overall effort. There was nothing yesterday in his – and I hate to give any credence to the wacky theories of black tie. That there's nothing in his body <laughs> language that tells me that people gravitate towards Colin Kaepernick. Yes, he's the best athlete on the team. Yes, he's a playmaker. But I don't know if he's, if he's like that quarterback leader. But turning, but turning away from the quarterback with the Niners, one thing to look out for is Frank Gore, their running game. They've right. built their offense around the running game since Harbaugh's been there. Gore looks very old through two weeks, and uh, if he is not going to be the guy this year, and it's very early to say that, but if they don't get a lot of production from the running game, that's going to lead to big trouble for them because Kaepernick can't do everything. It's very interesting, and it's very early, and it's, so it's hard to make some ma- uh, some massive judgments on what we've seen in two weeks, but... You know, the Patriots, yeah, they're 2-0. and In fact, let's get to it because I know what the first question is on the blacklist here. Black tie, it's been too long. Get to it. The blacklist. Wait, wait, before I do all that, before I do all that, because Hank spoke about the body language of Colin Kaepernick, and as you know, as the body language czar, I got to chime in on this. I, oh, believe, I didn't know you were elected. I agree <laughs> with what Hank is saying here. It's that Colin Kaepernick doesn't exactly scream, follow me. He's not a leader type. What he is, though, is Look like a at guy, me, he screams a little bit. Yeah, but not I'm cool, me. having fun, just hanging out with the guys, which is not bad, but to Hank's point, when things get rough, you need a leader in the huddle, and Kaepernick hasn't exactly shown that. Russell Wilson, I feel, has shown that. RG3, I feel, has shown that. 
but not quite yet with Colin Kaepernick. All right, blacklist time. You sound like the stodgy columnist that says, he's got tattoos, he can't lead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have a fedora on and smoking a cigar. <laughs> get get both of those things, ASAMP, black guy. All right, <laughs> get to it. The blacklist. Black guy reads current events. The blacklist. Damn a check and wank if they're coming. The blacklist. The blacklist. All right, guys, two weeks down. As you guys know, this is the most important week of the of the NFL season. What your record is? <laughs> after, what, what your record is after two after two weeks? Teams that are zero two haven't made the playoffs since two thousand. But can I can I just I, I hate to try to one up you, but may I say I, my feeling is is that your record at week seventeen is more important. Well. <laughs> That's debatable. But either way, let's start off with All the right, 2-0 teams. Debatable. The 2-0 teams, and there are four teams who are 2-0 that did not make the playoffs last year. The Chiefs and the Dolphins in the AFC, the Bears and the Vikings in the NFC. Of Vikings all the made the playoffs. Sorry, Bears and the Saints and the in the NFC. So of all the teams who are 2-0, which one is the best 2-0 team? All right, Rank, we'll start with you. Best undefeated team two weeks into the season here. Got to be the Bears. Got to be. Best Best now, you know what? <laughs> Somebody, I, judging on what we saw last night, Seattle looks like the best team in football. We kind of talked about this at the end of last year and going through the playoffs, where when the playoffs started, the Seahawks were my pick to go all the way. And if they, you know, if they would have hung on against Atlanta, I see no reason to believe why they wouldn't have gone into San Francisco and won, and then gone on to to win the Super Bowl. So right now, man, that team is good. And Chris Collinsworth raised the point last night that. Because Russell Wilson makes so, so he he makes so li- I hate to say so little money because he's making like six hundred grand, but he makes so little money in terms of NFL sure. value that their team is so deep. And then when like somebody like Robert, Boy, Turbin, that's a great point. And when Robert Turbin's out there running, you're like, gosh, you're like that guy is a legit. Like that guy could probably start. For what half about the teams Kristen in Michael, too? Him, too. You know, the only thing is the receiver. They don't have a superstar receiver. If but Harvin they, comes back by man. week six or seven, as he has predicted, he will, even if he's wrong about that. If he's back by midseason, then, yeah, look out. That team is yep. yeah, that team is looking really good. Handsome Hank, I'll say you. Uh, I'm going to say that the Denver Broncos, when they get Von Miller back, um, yeah, that's what's are, scary are about the better that. 2-0 team right now. I, d- I don't think that the – I mean, it's great that Seattle – it's always you know, it's been a problem for them over the years going across the country and winning games. They were able to do that in Carolina, although not that convincingly, in week one. I think that the Broncos, obviously their week one victory, we, we all remember and, and uh, kind of saw the, the offensive power they have. Um, I, think they, I think they're only going to get better when, when they have Von Miller back again. Dan Hanzoos, how say you? Yeah, I agree. I think there are two clear juggernauts right now. You have the Seahawks and the Broncos. I think the Seahawks are probably the better team, but the Broncos are maybe more explosive. So I think it's between those two. If I had to choose one, I'll go with the Seahawks because yesterday was just so impressive on defense. It's easy to to diminish a team like the Saints who, who stole one in Tampa. They really should have lost that game. And the dysfunction, I don't know, I you know, I tweeted on Sunday, I don't know how a team is even in a ball game in 2013 given the importance of the QB by himself, let alone his re- his relationship with his head coach. These two guys, do- he w- the coach is, is publicly shaming the QB who apparently has, a t- has an issue with punctuality and so on. I mean, listen, how's this team even in a game with a good team like the Saints? But the large point is W's are hard to come by. By hook or by crook, same goes for the Patriots. You know, everybody's denouncing them. 
I would say, though, that being said, I wanted to get to the Patriots and say, I, the people who are saying that the Patriots are not an especially good team, you know who those people are? Well, one of them is Dave Damashek. And I agree and I agree with myself on that. <laughs> I don't think the, I don't think I don't see what's going to have this team suddenly. It's all about playmakers. That's what I really believe that in 2013 what it it's about is you you need game breakers. And every team is going to be able to score a certain amount of points more weeks than not. What's going to make the difference are, are two to four plays and it could, they could be made by defensive players as well witness what uh, what the Bears do, uh, you know. But either way, you need game breaker types, and they just don't have it. They have nothing. It's Tom Brady, and and period. And in fact, we're going to be talking with Daniel Jeremiah in just a few minutes here, and uh, he said it really is the football equivalent of um, of LeBron on the Cavaliers. There's just nothing on that field with Tom Brady. I, I feel right. like and, well, everyone who says, "Well, look at it in the past. He made these not so great receivers great by being Tom Brady." They were veteran receivers. I don't think it's as easy to do that with guys who are not just rookies, but in some cases undrafted rookies. Like You can't just suddenly, just because they show up on a field and play wide receiver and Tom Brady's the quarterback, they're going to be stars. I, I think it's tougher than that. And also, Brady wasn't really a dominant statistical quarterback or their offense wasn't dominant until that 07 season. Before that, if you look at his numbers, he was always like a 26 right. touchdown, 13 interception type guy. Um, yeah, I mean, but are we leaving out Gronk? We're going to assume that when he comes back, he's not going to be the best tight end that's ever played. I well, I no, I don't think that. I'm I'm, I'm not. Uh, he's not the best tight end in the NFL right now, is he? Oh please! I would take Jimmy Graham. I take Jimmy over Graham him. over Gronk. Listen, the guy is a bum back, and what look where he's doing? I mean, he's he. If they're what they're going to do, obviously on defense is they're not going to let him. They're not going to give him the free release off the line. They're going to bang him coming off the line. Right? That's not good. He's, he's coming out of a three point stance, constantly making head to head contact. That just sounds bad. I'm, I don't know anything about. Obviously, I've never, <laughs> I've not played NFL football, nor nor am I a doctor. But I get the sense that that's not good for his long-term prospect. Right. Plus, he's going to be, I mean, unlike Jimmy Graham, where there are other weapons, it's it's Gronk or, not, or bust for, I, for Tom Brady. You are the director of programming. Jimmy Graham wasn't even a top 100 player, according to your own list. Uh, not my list. <laughs> the D-O-P. NFL players. I find it offensive. All right, Houston Texans are Dave Damashek's answer, and I told you they're going to the Super Bowl. And so far, two nice early season wins. Yeah, you could shoot holes in them, but the takeaway is, again, 2-0, and and uh, two impressive ones that they can build upon. Big comebacks. That gets them in the right frame of mind, you see, as they get into December. I Like I keep saying, I think the Texans are informed by the last couple of years, and they understand it's a slow burn. They finally get this as a group. We need to build and build into December and January, mm. not peak in October. Black tie, next question on the blacklist. Next question, how about we go the one-on-one teams? Who's the best? One-and-one teams. Yep. Of the one-in-one teams, I'll start with you, Handsome Hank. You answer this one. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going <laughs> to say that the best one-in-one team in the NFL right now is the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if you saw. They lost last yeah. night. I did The week hear about before, that. they played very well. I think they lost to the second-best team in the NFL, in my estimation, um, on Sunday night. And I think they could beat a lot of perhaps all the other 2-0 and teams in the NFL right now. Rank, how say you? I would agree with that, San Francisco, definitely. They're better. You know, the Packers are also 1-1, one one, but they show that they could beat them. 
And, uh, yeah, I think it's San Francisco. I'm taking the High Packers five. over the long haul. I like that defense rounding into shape as the season progresses. Uh, and we were reminded, all the talk, Damashek leading the charge. Old school QBs versus new school QBs, which is better, all that. I love talking about that with football guys. But uh, right in the middle there is, is the correct answer to who's the best. It's Aaron Rodgers, as we saw on Sunday. Hanzoos. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't get beat 29-3 in Seattle last night. I think the Packers are the best one-on-one team as well. All right. Black but Tom. San Francisco beat them. Yes, that's fair. So outside but of – That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way to work out which of them is better, right? It was a very competitive right? game, and it was in San Francisco, you know. I don't, I don't get that. So wait, so San Francisco Who? beat Green Bay last year in Lambeau? Does it – um, they I, beat them yes. in week one. Yeah, you're right. They did so, go then, then they so beat like, them again in week one this year, and then in the still stick. the Packers then, are the best. And win them in the stick the in the playoffs. Yeah. So we're talking about Seattle's unquestionably way better than San Francisco because yeah. of their last two games. It's kind of hard to we're gonna against. We're going to throw out the last three games in the last <laughs> two years. Adam, don't, <laughs> use don't use logic. Don't use logic here. That's fair. Oh, you know what? Here's another one. Again, the team that we, we uh, talked about, even though they're my Super Bowl pick, I'm underwhelmed by them. The Atlanta Falcons. There they are at 1-1. One one. They could have been – they really could have been 0-2 oh right Right now, because the Rams mm-hmm. with a furious comeback, is Headed that an issue? Is that a bad deal for them that they can't? Or is that is this a portent of of more bad things to come for them that they that they take it to whoever they play early in a game and then it just dissolves because I assume their lack of uh, of uh, ability to just like people say, impose themselves physically on the opposition. Just they pound the ball. Well, they didn't have Steven Jackson to sit there and pound the ball. Now they had to old. go with Jason Snelling. Right, but he's not he's not a young man anymore, so he it's might true. not be able to do that. You can't count on him being around, given his age. See? And the physical beating he's taken over the course of his, his career. Uh, the Falcons are also in the mix there. I think they're in a better spot, though, than people think. For a team that should be have the bullseye on their back, uh, being good all these years and getting to the precipice of the Super Bowl, again, they're way under the radar. I could see them just cruising to another 11 or 12. Well, season. last year they go 13-3 and because there are three bum teams in their division. Now there are two bum teams. The Buccaneers, it would seem, are going to be much worse than we would have expected. And the Panthers, Ron Rivera, just he ain't got it. Gotta That's all there is there. to it. Yeah, he's, like I said, uh, Rex Ryan, uh, good thing he lost all that weight because uh, the hot seat needs some extra room there for Ron Rivera. I don't think he makes <laughs> yeah, it. I have a feeling that uh, Don's going to be opening another restaurant manager position <laughs> as well for for Mike. I'm not sure that his uh, offensive coordinator career is going too much further than I like maybe how like, involved Don Shula is in the day-to-day operations. Totally. <laughs> well, I love the fact that Dave Shula went, literally, there was no there was no midway job between him being head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and, and running like the a part of the franchise of, of Shula's steakhouses. There was no, there was nothing different. And coincidentally, Don put him in both jobs. Bless no, you, Don. No one picked the Chargers as the best one-on-one team. Could very well be 2-0. and All right, black tie. All right, guys. Last question on the black list. Uh, how about we just do 0-2 then? 0-2 teams. Best or worst? Who's the but, worst team no, in the NFL? No, 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 The best 0-2 teams. So you know what? For a bonus, throw in the worst. But it's just, not even fun, really, because I guess the worst team is easily Jacksonville. Is and true. Washington's looked crummy. Like they've looked really dreadful. Browns, of the 0-2 teams... You know, save possibly the Steelers. Well, whoever loses tonight is the best 0-2 team, probably. Yeah. I don't know. If the Steelers yeah, get humiliated, Steelers. maybe not. What about the Redskins? Yeah, the or Redskins the as the best. It's the best 0-2 team. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen. In that division, historically bad defense so far for the Redskins. 
That is bad. Well, the Giants have given up 77 points already. I told you. I said just – I think it was the eve of the season. I, it suddenly hit me uh, like a like a lightning bolt that was striking MetLife Stadium on Sunday night. Or no, on uh, whatever it's called, Qualcomm. Or what do they call that place again? Where? Sea Life. MetLife Stadium? Oh, no. It's like CenturyLink Field Century or Link, yeah. CenturyLink Field. Um, sea Life. I liked it better. The Q. Quest. Yeah. Quest that was okay. cool. Anyway, the point is, I think that uh, the Giants are going to be they, – they are this year's bum team in the NFC. They're going to be one of the two or three worst teams. The, things are falling apart. I think they're bad. But I think that – and so that's one thing that the Redskins, if I'm correct, have in their favor. And the Eagles have no defense. No. Again, if nothing else, the Giants don't have a defense. Maybe they'll be in shootouts and everything. And the Cowboys are likely to be in a bunch of shootouts. Witness, uh, I mean, they they only gave up 17 in, in Arrowhead, but I think they're a pretty crummy offensive team overall. That's That division, once again, a mess. It's sort of like what we were talking about last week, Rank. The NFC East... Get, is held in high regard. One because it deserves it from the from the glorious days. Maybe the greatest division era that uh, that I can remember at least in the last thirty years. The NFC Early East, 90s. When it was, yeah, when it was Buddy Ryan versus Jimmy Johnson versus Joe Gibbs versus Bill Parcells. I mean, that's amazing. A, those games were always mm-hmm. fantastic versus, and rugged. Versus uh, now it just stinks. Now it's Joe Bugle. I was going to say, Coates. Joe Bugle's the guy I was trying to think of. Yeah, Rich Cotite, Ray Handley. Now it's a bunch of – no, it really is. I mean, once again, I don't see anything that makes me think any of these teams is going to be better than maybe 10-6. Yeah. and six. And then all those teams in the NFC West have all looked pretty good. Dave, can I throw in one for the potentially the worst 0-2 team? We, t- we touched on the Bucks. Um, there was uh, – around the league blog we were posting. It should be up very soon. Darrell Rivas reportedly is already unhappy there. Yes. Um, he's, t- he's taken issue with Shiano's uh, stylings in terms of discipline. He misses how Rex ran a team and also that they play a lot of zone coverage, whereas Rivas Island is more comfortable with man coverage. So, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on over there, and the quarterback situation's a mess. I could see the wheels just falling out- off outrageously in Tampa. We're talking 3-13, and 13, which they have too much talent for that to happen, but there's a lot of bad blood in there right now. I agree. That was their chance to right the ship uh, yesterday with a, with a win there, and like I say, they should have had it. And the other thing is, you could see, the one thing I did forecast correctly with that is, I knew Doug Martin was going to have a big game. You could see that, that, that I mean, that that's the, their Achilles heel. The Saints look fine, but they, they're another team that uh, has no defense with Rob Ryan. All right, last thing, fellas, and here's some spoiler alerts before we get DJ on the line. Very very quickly. Oh, wait a second. Rank doesn't. Uh, how did everybody like? Is everybody bothered by Breaking Bad? Time out. Time out. Don't time me, Black Tie. Less than 20 hours since the air. You well, can't no, 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 have. No, no. It's still too early. It's way too early. You Wednesday, haven't seen it either, Handsome. No, no, last night, I don't know if you heard, there's a new phenomenon in the NFL. Lightning strikes. Yes, that delayed so the game. The game. That was your was perfect the, opportunity to sneak in an hour. I actually no, of Breaking I worked Bad. a thirteen-hour shift and then went yeah. home and watched Breaking Bad. So oh well, I you, you get points shift. for that. Cake up on you. All um, right, we won't talk you know about I, it. We'll kick know, it Wednesday, down the road. Wednesday would be fine, and I, w- I would be I would be out of luck if <laughs> me, if I hadn't seen it by then. But let not me, today. May I uh, please raise one point about this? Is everybody on Twitter and everything else saying like Breaking Bad, greatest drama ever? produced or created blah 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 i would like to to shake that person in the hand and say i didn't realize you've seen every single <laughs> drama 
ever created, or at least see the big ones. Because the one that always gets me is whenever anybody says the wire's the best of all time. And it's like, it's better than the shield? Yes. Like So you've seen both. No, I've never seen the shield. <laughs> I just know the wire is better. That's the thing that bothers me. If you're somebody who's seen the Sopranos, Breaking Bad, the wire, the shield, and I'm sure there's a fifth I'm not even thinking of. Beretta. Beretta. <laughs> Simon and Simon. If you've seen, yeah. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Heart to heart. If you can conceivably say that you've seen most of the big ones and want to make that proclamation. Manimal. 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 Street Wolf, even. I would have kept that on the air if I could go back in time. Oh, Airwolf. 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 Yeah, with Jan Michael Vincent. What was the best Jan Michael Vincent movie ever? Hooper, period. End of story. Was it better than Big (laughs) Wednesday? Because I, I, I don't know. It's, I it's just, a tough I call. I just fell into your trap. I don't know. I've never seen Big Wednesday. Oh, okay. You got to see it. Was that a surfing picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Busey and William Cat. Ooh. If that doesn't get you off. That reminds me of another great 60-minute show called Greatest American Hero. Oh, yes. William Cat. How that movie hasn't been made. They make remake everything. Why they haven't made that one, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about all of it with our pal. You know him, at Move the Sticks. Are you getting out of here, Hanson? I've got to get out of here because um, I look. Well, I've, you've never seen me and um, Daniel Jeremiah in the same room. True enough. Oh, Scram, then, fair enough. Scram. And Greg Rosenthal, my boss, is going to start whipping me if I'm not back in my cubicle pumping so away be it. content. Beat it, the both of you. Who needs you? We got, uh, we got the great... I told you before, I'll say it to you again. He's a future GM in the NFL. Meantime, he's visiting us once again. It's Daniel Jeremiah, Super Scout. What's the poop, fella? I'm just happy to hear you guys talking about Simon and Simon. Thank you. That, I mean, that's one of the all-time underrated shows, plus the theme song. I mean, it's a big-time big show, man. Plus, it was in San Diego. They still old town in the open. I mean, we grew up in San Diego. It doesn't get any better than Rick and AJ Simon. Yeah. Very nice. Well, you're right. Uh, when you're right, you're right. And, um, yeah, oh, boy, we got to – when you do the theme song, that reminds me, Black Tie, we have to do sooner rather than later. We have to figure out the best sports programming theme music. You know, like everybody would say probably Monday Night Football. But for me, just in when you're talking pro football, my favorite music, theme music, is the old NBC sports of like the late 70s, early 80s. Wait, which one was that? NBC. Oh. That was when they would start the NFL games. That was the way they would do it. Do you Love remember it. the Lakers music? Because uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know the Lakers music from KCAL. No, I don't. Now, let's talk to Jeremiah about some pro football stuff. And Jeremiah, or do you want to talk about, first of all, what we saw in College Station on Saturday? What did you make of the two sides? Johnny Manziel, obviously dynamite, over 500 yards of offense. Is it more credit to him or is that Bama defense in trouble this season? Well, I think it's it, it's more credit to Johnny Manziel personally because he's done this twice to them. And we saw last year that defense looked pretty stout when they were up against Notre Dame and a lot of the other teams they played. So I mean, to me, I give more credit to Manziel for what he did uh, than I would be uh, concerned about the Alabama defense. He's a special. He's a special player. You know, I, I, everybody I talk to, the prevailing wisdom I keep getting from from different NFL guys that have watched him. And they go, okay, well, you know, was off the field stuff? Is he a distraction? I get two responses from him, from the same people. Number one, I don't know if I'd, I'd want him to be the face of my franchise, but man, I wouldn't want to play against him. 
What do you make of um, his hose, though? It doesn't. It just doesn't seem like it's a next level kind of arm. I think it's, I think it's better than, than than people give him credit for. I, I thought he can. He can. I've seen him put balls in uh, in small windows. I, I've, I've seen him make big time throws. I thought he pushed the ball vertically down the field pretty good in that game. So I think people. I think when you see him uh, up close, I think people might be surprised. He has maybe a little bit stronger arm than than, than they think. So. I mean, that's some we, you got to wait and see. You know, as he continues to get older and get stronger, I think he'll continue to improve his arm strength. But I think I've, I've seen improvement from his arm strength from this year, uh, simply from last year to this year. All right. What about now going to the pros? Sophomore kid uh, who used to play at Texas A and M, Ryan Tannehill, suddenly looking good. As is his team. If the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, it's because they're deficient. Where I would say. Offensive line is still my concern. I mean, they've given up some sacks here in the first couple of games. Um, I'm a little bit worried about their tackle situation. Uh, but look, it, the way they're built, I mean, I, I really like the way they've, they've built the team. And the, and the way the game's played today, if you can throw the football and you can get after the quarterback, uh, I think that's the, the best way to, to build a football team. And right now, they're pretty good at both those areas, especially seeing Mike Wallace kind of get loose a little bit and the, and the uh, element he's provided to this offense. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting team. But to answer your question, yeah, I'd say offensive line is, is still maybe a little bit of a concern. Now, Dave has been talking up the Houston Texans, and I kind of agree with them. And one thing that we we continue to mention is that they're building now for the slow burn, playing for the playoffs instead of the early season gratification, which means more Ben Tate in that offense. But when I see those teams, when I see the Texans run, it just to me seems like Ben Tate is the better running back. Am I Am I missing something there? Well, I think, Rank, what you're talking about is just the eye test, and when you watch those guys, when you watch running backs and you watch one guy carry the ball on one down and the next guy come in the very next down, it's sometimes it's pretty noticeable if, if one guy's got more juice than the other guy. And right now I'd say it looks pretty obvious that Ben Tate has more juice than Arian Foster. But what makes Arian Foster so good is not that burst or that explosiveness. What makes him so good is that feel and instincts and vision and balance. And that's something that, that can, can uh, be tough to to keep going if you haven't been playing every week. So the fact that he missed some time in the preseason and uh, is just kind of working his way back into his groove, I think that's that's just going to take a minute for him to get back to his old self. But, yeah, when you watch it, Ben Tate has more juice, more burst. But I think that uh, we haven't seen the end of Arian Foster. I still think he's really, really good, and he's just going to get more comfortable as he gets more carries. All right, well, let's stay with running backs for a second. Now, of course, in 2012, I had a hard time making this argument with with a straight face given what Adrian Peterson was doing. But my favorite runner, at least, aesthetically, and this has been true for the last few years, he's an all-timer in that uh, category for what it's worth, Shady McCoy. What was – let's do a little cold case. That can be a segment within a segment, by the way. We'll do it. Daniel Jeremiah's cold cases. We dig up what your book was on a player – Way back when, what did you say about Shady McCoy when he was at Pitt? Well, I didn't have to. This is the easy one for me because I didn't have to evaluate Shady McCoy. When so, he say was you there. knew he was going to be a big star. So, oh yeah, I mean, fantastic. The one interesting thing I can tell you though is that everybody—I uh, can't remember where I was in that year—but everybody, I mean, everybody in the scouting community really, really liked him leading up into the combine. And at the combine, of all things, I think he vertical like thirty inches or you know thirty-one inches, twenty-nine inches. It was he had a really really poor vertical jump, and that actually spooked off a lot of people. They thought, well, maybe this guy's not explosive. You know, he can't jump, he can't explode. 
And uh, if you watch NFL football on Sundays and tell me there's too many people more explosive than that guy, I don't know where they are. It's that wiggle that he's got. You know, he can juke anybody in a really tight space, too. I've got, I really, to me, I put him up there with for guys who I've enjoyed watching in my life. My favorite runners are Billy Sims and Sweetness and OJ, who I didn't see live, but, you know, pl- plenty of replays to see that. He's got a style that's just lovely to look at, huh? No, it's very pretty. The way I, the way I equate his style, Dave, when I was growing up, we had kind of a narrow hallway. And we would play we would play football in this narrow hallway. What's hard to make your brother miss mm-hmm. when when you can reach out and touch the walls on both sides? I bet you Shady McCoy was a phenomenal hallway <laughs> football player. <laughs> you know, I used to beat my sister in knee football. Which was, <laughs> she's a year younger than me, though. We played knee soccer. We had to just hit the ball with your hands. Uh, we, we really had a lot of time on our hands. It, video <laughs> games weren't quite that good back when yeah. in our day. Hey, Simon and Simon only fills one hour of uh, the yeah, twenty four hour thing. We used to take a pencil and pitch with marbles. And you'd have to try to hit those. We, you know what we need to have? Everybody loves that as a joke. Everybody loves to talk about electric football where they buzz on the right. thing. You know what's a great game, though? Paper football. The triangle oh, yeah. football. We need a tournament, a paper football tourney here at uh, the NFL Network. We'll get to that maybe on Thursday Night Football with DJ when EH and uh, Bucky Brooks and the rest of us are sitting out there with the uh, NFL.com show. All right. Um, well, we uh, were talking about the best 2-0 and team yes. in football. Why don't we ask DJ? Whoa, so who is the best 2-0 team right now? The best 2-0 team right now, I mean, I, I think you probably have to say the Denver Broncos, don't you? Just, you know, you knock off the, the Super Bowl champ. I know uh, Baltimore's got their issues, but that, that's still a quality win. Then you go on the road uh, and beat a team that's won a couple Super Bowls in the last handful of years. I mean, I think that's a pretty good start to the season. And, and you consider the fact that they're, you can make a case their best two defensive players, for sure their best defensive player, arguably their best two defensive players, haven't even played. Ah, the problem with the, I agree with you, but the problem with them is the Giants stink, and I think Baltimore might be sneaky bad too, at least on offense. Last thing for you, DJ, is uh, we were just talking about Colin Kaepernick, and for whatever reason, the Seahawks seem to have the kryptonite for the Forty ers who are otherwise superhuman. What is it? We're to, from a scouting standpoint, when you're talking to these kids, and you've helped us break down Kaepernick and what you saw when he was uh, when he was in school still, but. There's something about his style that is unorthodox. Not his throwing motion, his head, his frame of mind. You know, he, he doesn't cut the figure of a of a field general. Is that an issue going forward in tough spots? Well, I mean, look. Sometimes it's a perfect storm where you have the personnel and you have a style that can give somebody fits. But there's not many people that can that have the personnel Seattle has or or, or the fit that they have to match up and take away Anquan Bolden the way they did and, and, and just kind of be able to, to get upfield at a huge advantage playing in that crowd noise at home. I thought they got a lot more penetration. Uh, to me, I thought that game, to me, said a little bit more about the other players on that team than it did about Kaepernick. It, it showed me that they struggled to protect a little bit. They couldn't run the football. Both those things go on the offensive line. And, I, you know, I didn't, know, I didn't see too many times where I saw guys running around free and Kaepernick was missing them. They, they were locked up pretty good on the outside. Uh, but that being said, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the home field advantage and just the ridiculously talented personnel that Seattle has. All right, we'll let you go. But Frank Gore, is he done or has he still got something left? 
you know what? I, I'm, I'm finished trying to tell you when running backs were done because I said like three years ago that Ronnie Brown would, you know, he would never <laughs> get to that area and that he's still chugging along. So uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on Frank Gore. All right, DJ. We'll see you on Thursday night for uh, Thursday Night Football. Meantime, make sure you tune in to hear the podcast with Matt Money Smith and Bucky Brooks. It is Draft 365. The great Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. Talk to you soon, fella. Appreciate it, Dave. Don't forget Heart to Heart and Mrs. H. There was nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mentioned that one. You go watch yourself some Quincy. Very nice. Or all Barnaby right. Jones. We can all play right, this we'll game all here. day. <laughs> all right. Daniel Jeremiah, there he goes. Rank, you're getting out of here. Black tie, you're about to get out of here, too. I have uh, some shame slash check reporting to do. Real quick, don't you want to do a shout-out, Black Tie? There's no one here to do a shout-out for. Same way I wanted to run Rank the, and I are nobodies? I wanted to run the two-minute offense once again where we recap the games we haven't touched on. A lot of people that did not been, like the music, though. That would have been great if our producer would have showed up on time. Yeah, I that's guess. true. See? With that I, said, I, I, I must I, bid I come you a through late. To do. I come through late. I'm like E.J. Manuel these days. I just do it late. I'm being called away to the news desk. So go- goodbye, everybody. Goodbye to Rank. Goodbye to Black Tie. Thanks to Jeremiah, Handsome Hank, and Dan Hanzoos. Make sure you track all their work at uh, NFL.com and on NFL Network. I'm on Tuesday night again with Jen Brown for the post football life this week. It's on Darrell Revis. I'll be on right after that at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock uh, West Coast time. Kibitzin with uh, maybe Revis and Revis's mother and so on and so forth. So tune in for that. Sheck Report is out there in front of uh, Thursday Night Football. I think we're going to have a new episode of the sports car for you, too. I jumped in with uh, Jamal Charles, and we had a gay old time together. I think we'll uh, show you that one in front of the great Thursday Night Football game on NFL Network. Of course, Andy Reid going home to Philadelphia to play his old guys. All right. Much football to discuss. We'll continue to do that on our next podcast in a couple of days. Now, in the meantime, though, yes, Black Tie, you wanted to say something? Oh, again, what do you say? It's uh, NFL.com slash Game Rewind. Game Rewind. And then for our international audience, they have Game Pass, Game Pass, which allows you to watch the games live. Live. And you can do it. You can watch the the replay, and then of course there's the the radio. You can listen to all the games. Audio, all audio those. pass. Ten yep. percent off all the products when you use the hashtag DDFP. Not a hashtag. Just type in the code DDFP. I didn't. Did I say hashtag? You just said hashtag right now. I yes. didn't mean to. See you. Uh, see, look, you conditioned me to start saying it. All right. Now listen. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.